All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Ghost in the Scene, certified audio sage podcast, ghost friendly. I'm your host, Gio Chopatazzi, and I am back with my co-host, Rob Thomas. What's going on, Rob? Gio, it's so great back being on the airways, being back in the ethereal realm with Mm. you, uh, you know, and it's good to be picking up the show. There's through all the chaos, right? All the all the spiritual chaos that is going on in this world. I'm glad. I am privileged to share a space with you, and we are privileged to share a space with with another today. It's so good to have, uh, you know, a third in the room. I guess fourth because we already we, we always say that we have spirit with us, but mm-hmm. this is no no ordinary spirit. This is this is flesh and and blood uh, with us today. So it's always a privilege to have. Um, you know, another in the room. Another expert. I mean, let's be clear. This yes. is a paranormal expert, a medium, somebody who has communicated both with uh, the living and the dead. Okay. And even um, so the astral, because people don't realize this. Some people that exist in the astral plane were never alive in, you know, in the human world. And so, of course, uh, our special guest, Cornelius McMoyler, um, has, has talked to everybody. So uh, welcome, Cornelius. What's going on to Ghost in the Scene? Uh, boo. Whoa! Wow! Nice. Well, coming in hot, coming in hot with the that's good. The hot takes. (laughs) Boo! 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 Boo to you guys and boo to uh, to our listeners. Boo! You know. Yes, I love the inclusion already immediately Mm -hmm. out the gate because some people have this aversion to ghosts, especially in this time. And we were in October. This is, you know, the spooky season as people call it, and people are afraid. Right. You know, a lot of times they don't even like to celebrate, even mention ghosts during this time because they're afraid they're going to get possessed or something. But as a medium, I'm sure you're a little more understanding of that. I I, I like to keep uh, a mantra in mind for a lot of my difficult times in life. And that mantra is lean in, you know. Mm. Yes. You, you know, if somebody catches you with your hand in the cookie jar, don't act like your hand wasn't in the cookie jar. If somebody catches you with your finger up your nose, you know, lean in, be like, that's right. Put it more up your nose. Yeah. Right. You, you should, you should, um, uh, you should claim the shame that comes to you. Yeah. And for our listeners who are not able to join us on the astral plane to watch, watch this Cornelius has his finger knuckle deep in his nostril. Super deep. And And it's impressive. It's, it's not going anywhere, you know, because, (laughs) uh, uh, I'm I'm trying to lean into uh, the things that uh, maybe make me a little uncomfortable or a little scared. So in this time, in this October time, I think we all know what's coming. And to that, I say, boo. Yes. Boo to you too. Boo to it. Boo to all of it. You know, and here's the thing. And I love that idea of leaning in. We have the responsibility and we have the ability to report the news as factually as we know it. And that is a hard truth for a lot of people, right? A lot of people don't like to admit that there is a paranormal aspect to a lot of what's happening in the world. And we have that responsibility and it is uncomfortable for us because we have the scrutiny. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had, I mean, you're going to have this because you're on our show now, but you're going to have the Department of Homeland Security. They're going to come knocking. You're going to get your phone tapped. You're going to start getting followed. People are going to start showing up to your workplace asking weird questions about you. And that's just something that maybe we should have told you beforehand. I, I'm, we didn't really make that clear. But 
except okay. that that comes with being a truth teller and we have to lean into that um you know uh part of me feels like you're using my benevolent phrase uh uh against me in this moment of uh of information that i'm now just learning but you but but uh uh i guess the tape is rolling That's so right. um let's just say that uh that that i'm prepared to uh to, to to speak to whoever needs to speak to me how about that boo to you if you have nothing to hide from the truth then you know the interviews go by pretty quickly right because I once I, well i i yeah once you start saying ghost did it and it's all ghost fault, they they understand and they kind of clock you and they say, oh, yeah, you actually know what the hell is going on. And so they kind of leave you alone un unless, you know, we've had clones. We've had clones um, try to replace us before. That's something that's happened. So you you've had you've had clones of you and Rob as co-hosts try and replace you at this job. I mean, we currently have a doppelganger of Rob somewhere in, in Eastern Europe. It's gone missing. So, sorry, how can I know that you're the real Geo Chimpatazian Robert Thomas as I speak to you right now? You know, that's very brave of you to ask, Cornelius. And this, this is, see, this is why we have you on the show, because you can, you're not just going to assume that, that we're hosts, the, the hosts. Right. You know. Uh, and you know, Sorry. I'm going to astral, oh, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm astral projecting. I'm going to astral project right now. He's doing it right now, everybody. Okay. You can and see just... this happen. He's doing it. You feel that Cornelius? All right. And then I'm, I see, a. am picking up your Kenny G CD. Oh my God. Look behind you, Cornelius. It's floating. It's floating. Oh my God. He just dropped it. Uh, uh, <laughs> Sorry, sometimes the, the the landing back can be a little rough, but yes, see that's you son of a bitch. Only only Rob Thomas can. Well, no, it's kind of funny. I'm glad you had Kenny G because right now, uh, you know, I'm only able to to interact with the CD collections I have at home, and I I have only Kenny G at the moment. Right, people don't know this, but G stands for ghost. Actually, mm -hmm. Kenny mm -hmm. Ghost. Yeah. I, I, I mean the 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 viewers have the listeners have no way of knowing this, but I, I don't own CDs. I use Spotify. I have some LPs that my dad gave me. You know, um, the only physical CD that I have left in my possession is a fucking Kenny G Greatest Hits CD that somebody got me as a gag gift five years ago. So mm -hmm. I, that's the yeah, long arc. It's real. That's, that's how you play the long con. <laughs> Consider me uh, happily spooked. Boo, boo to you. I think we should say yeah. on that one. And 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 by the way, nice to be talking to you, the real Robert Thomas. That's true. Jury's still out on me. Um, what I can say about my my bona fides is that I mean really well. And even if I was a doppelganger, I really mean well. So you can't be mad at me. I, that's really where I leave it as well. Yeah, it's like you, you kind of just have to live with the mystery. That's right. Uh, the, the devil that helps you is no devil at all, right? That's just a nice a nice guy. That they, they, People call him a devil because they don't understand. And it's just Nick. Exactly. 
So, okay. I mean, we're here to talk about many things, not just mm -hmm. who we are as astral projectors, not as uh, professional mediums. You actually uh, are living on the East Coast. We're Zooming right now. Mm -hmm. And you are an actor, a thespian of mm -hmm. sorts, who has uh, worked with the uh, literature the you know uh, of William Shakespeare. That's right. This is huge. This is huge for us because we've been following this Shakespeare guy for quite a while. We hear uh, he never existed. We've heard he was multiple people. We heard he was addicted to drugs. We've heard all kinds of things, and yet we've never really gotten it from the horse's mouth. Right. That's a very rude thing to say to me, but go ahead. <laughs> well, I just feel I'm like since... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Since you are a medium... Um, you have been able to channel horses as well as, I'm assuming, Shakespeare. Well, that's not all I did with the horses. <laughs> not just wow. channeled. Uh, I'll just, I'm just going to lean in. Lean into that, yes. Hopefully they did too. We're so, all about consent here. That's right. And yeah. astrally, horses can speak to us. And so there is that benefit when you can astral project as a person. You can have conversations with your horses. I mean... I was approached by the horses. Really? Wow. I mean, being called the horse's mouth all the time, you probably get a lot of horses coming up to you. Um, It's funny. When I was last performing Shakespeare, we were surrounded by raccoons. Um, mm. We were performing in the Delacroix Theater in Central Park, for which there's no, like, barrier between us and, like, the wildlife that exists in Central Park, which is, you know, a fair amount of just like things just like live there wildly, you know, as much mm -hmm. as it's a park. And so, uh, it, well, there were no horses, but the, the raccoons did seem to have a sort of telekinetic um, permission slash trust slash uh no after you no after you sort of uh you know P polite like, raccoons they yeah raccoons. polite incredibly respectful probably the most gentlemanly of the wild animals i'd say must be the thumbs it's got to be the thumbs because that's the thing about magic and you know somatic and, and physical magic is that there's a lot of use of hands and I, I feel that raccoons, since they do have the opposable thumb, they probably do have some sigil magic that they can perform. I'm not, you know, I'm not really open to that as far as like me working with raccoons, at right. least at this this juncture of my life. But I feel that that's something uh, maybe you could understand on your end and maybe, you know, tell the, the listeners because this is fascinating stuff. Well, what I what I know about sigil magic is what is that? What is sigil magic? So that would be like making a symbol on on either an object, on yourself, on uh, any type of physical thing. Um, and Or you can do it in the physical space. I mean, you think about the air. Those are molecules. You could write on the molecules. And it is basically a, a, a power source that you can use almost like a battery. It's a paranormal battery. And okay. it, it's a spell. It is definitely a spell that you use. Okay. So you're you're proposing that maybe the raccoons were were capable of and probably participating in some kind of sigil magic while I was in the park performing. I would say you inspired them. Yeah, absolutely. The the performance, the Shakespearean performance, is itself a spell. I mean, when 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 have you heard 
um, as a review, spellbinding, right? Almost never, never for my reviews. Never, never for your reviews. You know, that's, that's, that, that, that's suppression, right? That's someone, like we said, this is why we wanted to, to talk to you, Cornelius, because, you know, now that we're getting you on the, on the map, because the suppression happens before you even begin your magic, right? Uh, there's these forces that know your power and they want you to be unaware of it. Um, and you're, you know, as we're speaking, you know, we, it's a very interesting juncture in your for yourself of of embracing leaning in to this mediumship uh role that that you're discovering that you have for yourself um so you know this is this is a show that has a ghost in it even that you perform multiple yeah absolutely this is uh this is this is william shakespeare's hamlet which you're absolutely right rob um, right out of the gate, first act, first scene one, there's a friggin' ghost, capital G. Wow. It's capital G, because that's a character, the ghost, the ghost is what it's called. And, um, and uh, you know, it was interesting because the director in this situation, most, most directors might choose to embody the ghost since the ghost is a character and has lines in the script and somebody plays the ghost. It's usually the same person who plays Claudius, the evil king brother. Not always, but in this case, the director decided to make the ghost a voiceover and not have that physical actor on stage. And so Hamlet in the scene was responding to some kind of specter, omniscient presence. And, um, you know, it's interesting because I've li- I've been a fan of the podcast for years and I know that you've covered a lot of the ghost presence in big Hollywood and little Hollywood. And, um, you know, I don't think it's any coincidence that the director cast in this production, Samuel L. Jackson as the voice of the ghost. Whoa. Wow. Because I think, you know, very well, better than I do the, the dealings that Samuel L has had with the otherworldly. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about the Garden of Eden, that was one snake. You think about snakes on a plane, that was like a hundred snakes. Need I say more? The symbolism is ever present. Wow. So Samuel, the disambiguated voice of Samuel Jackson, he could have been actually projecting for all we know from his, you know, Hollywood loft, right? Right. These aren't, you know, these are not the, 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 the common Central Park theater goer is not even thinking about ap no one's it's not in a program no one's briefing them on ap no one has any reflective headgear so you know it, it absolutely and 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 it would be happening right under people's noses wow so okay this is in the park this is live redoing shakespeare for the people for the masses not only for the raccoons we're talking for the bugs we're talking for the trees this is like a really big spell it's a production right i mean these are many moving parts Mm -hmm. so this ghost that you talked about i i'm curious to see is it a good ghost is it a bad ghost how did shakespeare portray this ghost you know shakespeare in this moment i'm getting a little nudge 
you know? I'm getting a mm. nudge. Wow. I'm reminded of a quote. And the quote is actually from Hamlet. So this this is why I can tell this isn't just coincidence. This is a nudge. Mm-hmm. Um, the character of Polonius, the advisor to the king. Um, well, no, Hamlet says this to Polonius. He goes, um, nothing is either good nor bad, but thinking makes it so. Nothing is either good or bad. Yes. So um, he didn't say it twice. I said it twice. Yes. Um, That's a Cornelius Moeller line now. Right, just right. but only when you say it twice. Twice. Now that's Cornelius McMoyler. Quoted. Yeah. Well, okay. It's. I mean, sure. That's very kind. Of that's you. your line. Mm-hmm. Profound. I think it's way more profound the second time around. Thanks. Thank you. Well, it was just. It just occurred to me as I was getting that, and so I mean, I'm t- thinking about your question. Was it a good ghost or was it a bad ghost? I I, I think it's tricky because because um the director wanted to make the stage the moment of hearing the ghost very spooky and the actor actually had the idea um the b- brilliant Otto Blankson Wood um is a, is a beautiful young actor uh this was his first time ever playing Hamlet um and and in the room he said Kenny Kenny Leon the the acclaimed director uh, Tony Award winning shout um, out Kenny who am I talking to? Valid question, right? Because where's the body? And this is, a, as you put it, disambiguated production. Other than being in Los Angeles. Right. What do you mean? The body? Samuel L's body. Right. The uh, The literal answer, hello. Mm-hmm. He's on the Universal. Beverly Hills, yeah. hello. Mm-hmm. Costa Rica, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Kenny, being like, you know, a very sensitive artist, said, Atu, put him, put put him where you need him to be. So Atu went home and he came back with the idea that upon hearing the ghost's voice, he would get possessed. And he is now speaking. He is moving his mouth in synchronization with the ghost's voice. In a first time ever, a, a, a first time pre- t- device used in Hamlet where Hamlet himself is speaking the words of the ghost. But it's Samuel, vo- it's Samuel L's voice. Um, so Samuel so, jumped into his body, essentially. He allowed well, him to, right? Atu, Atu, Atu opened hosting. Atu in that moment, or I guess every night, had to open up uh the ability to host samuel l's voice so is that good or is that bad that's pioneering that is something that i think we won't know is good or bad until very late into the future when we have researched this a little bit further but the fact that we have actors openly possessing themselves and being conduits to other actors yeah, this is groundbreaking stuff, Cornelius. This yeah. is the kind of stuff that is gets put in the Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah, that's a really big book, by the way. Have you ever seen one? It's getting bigger. That's the issue is that there's so many new records. And yeah. once you get into the multiverse, I mean, it's an infinite number of pages on that book. Yeah, books too big. That's just a little aside. Books too big. We need to cut some records. I think there are some records that can be 
kind of condensed into one larger record. Sure. You sure. know, physical sure. feet, maybe make that a Guinness Book of World Record because so many people or large object people make the like a large pizza and stuff. That's like if you make it one inch larger, I don't think you get the Guinness. You know, it has to be significantly larger. If you can make pizza the size of like an entire moon, now we're talking you get an entry. But I think anything, you know, that's like smaller than a city block is total, you know, cannon fodder for getting rid of in that book. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you, Gio. Book's too big. Book's way too big. Yeah. We'll be making a committee. We'll be releasing some of this later. Uh, but yeah, I think this is some good research for, for us to kind of get our heads together. We'll, we'll get some groups, some think tanks on that one. We're going to do a King James edition of the, the Guinness Book of World, uh, World Records. Which Shakespeare allegedly also wrote. We need That's Shakespeare. Right. So, Cornelius, what we need to do is... You know, I I don't know if you're open just because you were speaking of this idea, but this idea of an open gate, we need someone to let William Shakespeare jump into. It doesn't have to be you. It could be one of us. It could be one of our listeners out there. It could be Atu if he's so good at it. Yeah. Uh, needs to get in and do a rewrite of the Guinness Book of World Records, just like he rewrote the Bible. Um I think that's sorely needed in in these times. And I think, like you said, we've been pushed. We've been told to lean into this moment. I think this is what what Bill wants to do. I my first thought is, as you guys know, I am a medium. That's right. Um, and as much as I would love to be the pioneering vessel. As a, as a conduit to William Shakespeare's spirit to accept possession. I have a feeling that you're going to need a large, a larger vessel. Oh yeah. You're just, you're just a medium. We need a large or an XL. Right. And that's what, I mean, you've been calling me medium, my size this whole time. I just thought I figured that's, we need a large, you recognize how big I am. I it's, I, I've been feeling like a large. It's nice of you to call me medium, though, so I'll accept it. I think you'll need a large, though. It's just that if you, you know, accept Shakespeare into your body, you'd probably have to start buying larger clothes, different kinds of clothes, uh, the frills, petticoats, and, yeah, these are going to have to be in large. Do you think when you let a spirit possess your body that you begin to exhibit their external characteristics like their style of dress style definitely style i would say so i don't know if you if recognize that in in, in your coworker or too but um you know w- was he wearing more hats was he wearing glasses like samuel l jackson has you know in the dark of night we would be at re- we would be rehearsing teching in the delacourt theater at around 7 8 9 p.m and in the dark of night this man would have Gucci sunglasses on his face. And mm-hmm. I just thought that I just thought that he just looked fucking fly. But now right. that you think about it, Samuel L has been doing things just for the sake of looking fucking fly forever. So wow, you really just put that in a new light for me. The thing about possession, it's a two-way street which means that Samuel L. was probably looking a little bit like Atu at the end of the possession himself. 
So the mannerisms go both ways. So, I mean, if you do accept this William Shakespeare possession, who knows what kind of cool 1500, 1600 type style little fashion tips you might pick up. That could be something either detrimental to your style, because who knows what if it's like, you know, skinny jeans and like acid wash kind of stuff. What if it's um, what if it's lip piercings in um, like a swoop over my eye, like a snake straight- bite? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What if it's a Maryland. <laughs> well, I mean, that would be in- that's almost like a third person going into the possession. If, if Shakespeare is a cohort of Maryland and he's been hanging out in the astral plane with her, then he might have that little Maryland mole and that might get transferred onto you. Yep. I mean, this I is, know, I mean, I, 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 go ahead, Rob, please. I was just going to say this, this book puts to get poses very interesting questions about accepting possessions. Uh, assuming that, you know, more than one, one spirit can possess more than one body. So the more bodies jumping into the more kind of cross mixing that we're getting here. So if, you know, Shakespeare at one point jumped into Marilyn Monroe's body when she was alive, right? right. The Joe is in, there's that sort of cross-pollination there. Mm-hmm. And then he jumps into your body. And then so you're getting a little bit of Marilyn. So it's just um it's I just like, it, it, it's a very interesting dynamic where it is, you know, you're you're picking up all these different remnants the, the more that you do it. Yes. Exactly. It's like a, it's like um, a passport or a charm bracelet. Yes. Or a cast that you have people sign or a Pez dispenser that everybody wants to have a little Pez, have one Pez each. That might be the end of my list, but before I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I don't know too much about, I mean, have either of you ever accepted possessions and, and, or would you ever accept a possession? Cause this is the, no one's ever proffered this to me. So I really, I'm trying to gain more perspective on it. Um, okay. So we have had our dealings with certain demons, certain ghosts. We've been possessed before, but not on purpose. Now, we have gone into agreements with ghosts, and we've allowed them to share space in our bodies, but we've held 51% of the control. And so this you know, new thing that you've seen on stage is, in fact, brand new. I haven't seen in any of my literature uh, an actor possessed by another actor. Now, I, I've heard Daniel Day-Lewis channeling gold miners, oil drillers, you know, old gang members, that kind of thing. And he himself, you know, has, I don't know if you've ever gone to his acceptance speeches at any of the awards, but there is a long list of ghosts that he thanks in most of his speeches. And so in that sense, yes, they have channeled dead people, but at the end of the day, he is in control, right? He has the mass control over his body of his faculties and he's letting the ghost in his head kind of run circles so this whole possessing from another live person actually projecting from los angeles brand yeah. new who who were you just out of curiosity who were you guys possessed by well i i think rob had had a quick moment when he was actually lost in the spirit realm 
and he was actually intermingling with many a ghost. It, it was it's a long story, you know. It's you know, and that that instance, you know, I was fully in the astral plane where my my body was more of a vessel at that point, and I believe at around that time too, I was possessed by a demon. Demon one time, That's and right. I that I did have to exercise some of that, you know, Ty, lots Ty of Bo for about two weekends straight. Exactly, a demon. Hold on, because because ghosts I, I'm pretty familiar with. Demons are only things that I encounter in like video games. So what 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 the fuck is that like? What is a de- what what's going? What is a de- that sounds like really bad news. It's not fun. No, I mean, it, not fun it, at it all. It burns. It chafes a lot. Itches. Yeah. Very like itchy. a really bad jock itch. I tell you this, when I had my situation ship with the ghost of Dom DeLuise, it was nothing but roses. It was great. He gave me a lot of tips on on how to treat myself, how to how to act better in front of people, in front of a crowd. But what happened to Rob is something harrowing, something dangerous, and the fact that we got him back is the miracle. I, and that truly is the miracle because like you are, are thinking, Cornelius, demons are not ghosts, right? Demons are like if ghosts were squared. Maybe ghost squared might be a, a better mathematical explanation for a demon. So it's like a ghost times a ghost, which means that the same energy that you would get from being possessed, which is like a tingle, right? You get a little butterfly in your stomach. That is like eating, you know, molten lava when you have a demon inside of you. So that yeah. butterfly is like a dragon instead. So it amps everything. It amps your physical energy, your sexual energy, and of course, your paranormal energy. So what what are the what are, what does Generation Alpha say? What do they say? He's Generation under- Alpha at this point is like saying like more trucks. I'd like to play with some trucks, please, because they're pretty young. <laughs> no, no, no. Alpha's no generation alpha is in like middle school right now. Oh. And they're all talking like Travis Scott. They're all they're all talking like like they rap. And no matter where they're from or what their vocation is. Mm. And what is the phrase? What does they say? They say he's on demon time. Oh yeah. They say sure. I'm going. I'm going demon mode. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on demon mode. I'm on goblin mode. Goblins exist too. I don't know. Goblin if I mode. Scare you, but that's true that as means, well. Something about this generation that's upcoming. They are. They are vulnerably open and accepting of some of this otherworldly vernacular, and I don't think they know what that entails. I think so. I think you're right, and this is why we're here. We're here for them as a resource. Because um, the, the mistakes that we've made are very well documented. We are researchers. We're scientists. We have done some very dumb things in the name of science and research. And yeah. these kids, if they want to go demon mode, Rob's gone. And he's come back from demon mode, right? You know, I've gone with not Dom DeLuise, a little goblin mode myself. Not something you would opt into. You wouldn't say, you wouldn't say time to go demon mode. I mean, they... They they're 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 talking about riz and L's and caps and and shoddies and God and Yacht. They yes, don't even yacht and 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 they don't even they they're just they're just dancing with, with these words and to make a laugh and to make a TikTok. They don't they don't I'm just 
I'm upset at how irresponsible it is for them to adopt the word demon into their little mischief making. Because that's what it is. They're just mischief makers. I was one. You were one. Rob was one. You know, I agree. But I, I think, I think we I, all need we all need to go through that stage exactly, at the same time. Exactly. You know, like we said, we made our own mistakes, Cornelius, yeah. and that, as they do as well. And I feel like there's also there's that much more awareness too. You know, there's a certain subtlety of having it. So uh, this vernacular, so embedded in the culture now too, where it's everyone has this sort of base level of understanding, whether they truly know it or not. And I think in a certain level, this paranormal existence is is only growing. So the they're going to mess up. We can't protect them from everything. But the hope is that they they ha- they do take this knowledge, and they as they get older, they understand the the power of it. Yeah. And I think we're already seeing that that they that they possesses this power, this sort of spiritual knowledge that is becoming more and more commonplace. And that aspect of it, I I think is exciting. And, you know, we can only hope to be guides in the journey. And and be guided. These new words mean new spells. And these new generations that come up with these new phrases that have never been uttered before or haven't been uttered in hundreds of years, that is the kind of thing that is scientifically very uh, rich. We're able to use some of that. Riz. I mean, I've been using Riz as my mantra word for a couple of weeks now, and I can tell you the heights that I've reached in the astral plane have never been higher. And that mm-hmm. is that is a gift that Alpha has given us. And it is almost kind of like when a new generation releases a, a new app, a new you know tune, a phone, something that challenges the older generations. It takes a while for us to kind of reconcile our past with what's happening in our future. But this is the new nuclear front. This is how spiritual warfare is going to be fought in, you know, current days and in the future. And so if we don't accept it now, if we, you know, fear for them instead of guide them, it's going to get out of control and we will have a paranormal undercurrent of who knows what and we won't be able to handle it and the generation won't be able to handle it themselves so i feel that it's our responsibility to kind of make sure that if they do get on demon time that we get them off or or be on it responsibly i think there is there could there is a place in time for it as well it's it's difficult and we said it burns a chase but you know there's a there's a time and place for everything and we and got creams for that now. We got creams for it now. And uh, I feel, you know, William Shakespeare feels very close to us this whole episode. Because it also reminds me, you know, he came up with about 1,500 words for the English language as well. Wow. Including, I believe, no cap. He was the first one to ever use the mm-hmm. phrase no cap. Bus and bus I think. Mm-hmm. Well, they and what they teach you in drama school is the, the stress is in Elizabethan times was... No kip. Uh-huh. No kip. Exactly. No, no yeah. kip. And now we've ended up stressing it on the cap and um, people don't, people lose what used to be a compound word, no kip. And it was, you hear the pentameter in that, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not iambic, but trochaic. Trochaic is where you speak, gen and senpo, senpo, no cap, as opposed to but that, but that, but that. Right. 
Sometimes there's these long trochaic phrases were meant to iambic if iambic is like everything's going well, is this a dagger that I see before me? But if everything's trochaic, sepo, 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 you feel agitated, you feel stressed out, you feel something that the character might be saying might be in a duress or might be in an alderworldly state. So a sentence that would end with nukip is uh you know based based in a kind of like tense shakespearean moment so uh i'm just glad you brought that up uh, you know etymologically shakespeare sort of brought, brought that now we're just echoing and we have no idea like really what it comes from that was a master class that we just took right there cornelius i want to thank you for for giving us that little info on the trochaic versus the iambic that is spellcraft i don't know if you know that but that is a kind of spellcraft that happens in everyday life that people don't even think about the way that we speak our cadence is itself mm -hmm. a spell mm -hmm. an invocation of a certain intention that's beautiful words and beautiful explanation that i think that everybody can take home and understand a little bit of the way that people talk their tone and how that itself is spiritually enhancing or you know disenhancing the conversations that we have wow yeah. speech 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 is definitely spellcraft i mean the, the 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 i remember a teacher said to me once the the words the names that you give to somebody in a shakespeare play the thing you decide to call them is very powerful because in elizabethan times they had a good understanding that the, the 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 title you give to another person can be a curse can be a benevolence can Whoa. be can be a damnation can be a blessing so something like you know you garbage muncher you know something like you hellhound something like you bog trotter these have all like kinds of like racial and religious and nationality based like prejudices, but also there was a certain, there was a certain, you know, you're always hearing people get really irate and really outraged when somebody goes, well, I can't believe you called me that. And how dare you? And I'm going to stomp my foot and throw my fist. It's because yes. you were threatening the purity of their spirit. They also believed in curses so they also believe that you might be threatening them with some some new color some new spirit some new what do you mean hellhound what do you mean bog trotter these non-human kind of subterranean otherworldly things people believe that titles titles carried a lot of weight you know they, weren't they were just, on they were on demon time they Absolutely. were on demon time they knew what time it was they knew the demon time was was potentially any time you know and that's something that I think Shakespeare in the park, Shakespeare being played today, is something that we need. We need people reminding us that these words that were used 400 plus years ago still ring true, still have truth, still hold something in our hearts that is recognizable. And the fact that, you know, this was happening back then and we're, we're seeing bits and pieces pieces kind of rise up to the surface nowadays. I just think that if we all have an understanding of what Shakespeare was doing and if the channeling is happening in these modern plays, I think it's better for the culture, for people to understand what's happening that way. You're doing not only Shakespeare's work, you're doing God's work, Cornelius. You really are. 
You really are. I'm. I mean, I'm. 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 I'm only becoming aware of sort of like the responsibility through talking, you know, to guys like yourself who are invested, you know, in this kind of these symbols and the kind of power that they hold. I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily feel equipped to to go out and do anything about this knowledge. Like, what do you? What do you think? You know, if let's say we walk by a group of kids, you know, I'm in New York City. The middle schoolers out here are acting like goddamn 30 year olds. You know, you wouldn't believe the things these kids are saying, the, the way they're dressing, the things they're eating, that they're out at 11 p.m. at night because they're riding the subway because it never closes. You know, um, what do you what 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 should I do if I walk past a group of uh, mischief makers? Uh, and, you know, I see I and they're and they're like they're dancing and they're chewing and they're sipping and they and you know somebody goes demon time or somebody goes somebody goes you know and that's no cap and i hear them using sort of like the 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 archetypal symbols of uh that hold all this spiritual power am i supposed to intervene am i supposed to 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 go in and shove my hand in there and go hold on fellas what what am i supposed to let it happen like get help me out okay rob what would you do what would you do and then i'll tell you what i would do sure yeah I, you know what comes to mind is like we're saying we can only guide so much so you can you can say a blessing for them okay you can you can make your own sigil nearby uh bless them with the, with that power you know like you're you're on the subway uh say you said you can even do this in the air just make a little symbol in the air uh a peace symbol perhaps you know that's a very you know, there you go just like peace to them just doing not necessarily to them but like you know the anti anti-nuclear proliferation that kind of chicken foot looking one yes and you're saying i you're also saying i am protecting against this nuclear energy that might erupt here uh, that's that's one example. You know, there's there's thousands of symbols. Uh, mm -hmm. If if you really want to get into, you know, what feels most appropriate for you uh, and in your background, what what symbols would feel appropriate, that would be one approach. You know, it's a it's a actively passive almost because you don't want to put too much. You know, you don't want to invade necessarily someone else's energy as they're going. You don't necessarily what their whole deal is either. You don't want to inf uh, impose too 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 strictly, um, too forcefully. Uh, you know that's not necessarily the place. But I mean, also in a more passive way, keep spreading the the word of of the bard around. Yes, yes. you're you're in the park that is proliferating throughout the city. It yep. is something that you're passionate about, and you know, in in more passive ways that will some that will also reach them as they pass the same trees or maybe the same raccoons will come up to them and whisper or something Ooh. in their ear. So you train the raccoons. You have your allies. Yes. That's a good approach. I love that, Rob. Here's my approach. This one's a little more active, but it is still passive. Okay. So let's All say right. we give the example of you're on this subway, right? You say you have a nice little seat. So you see them wilding out, you know, they have their no caps out. They got their, you know, different symbols that they're they're saying. What you do, close your eyes, exit your mortal body.
go into the astral plane and you will see the ghost that they are conjuring. Now, this is a moment where you have to start to act. Now, I know that we are ghost friendly here. And we also are aware that ghosts do have intent. Some are nice, some aren't nice, right? We're not saying all ghosts are good. And so this is a moment for you to assess the situation from your paranormal self. You go and you see, are there actual demons coming for them while they're in demon mode? Because it's kind of like the ring in the Lord of the Rings. You put on the ring and the wraiths are able to see you. It's not like they're immediately in your face. So they have the ability to come to you. You go with your spiritual self, you bring your spiritual sword with you and you defend those kids for as long as you physically can in your astral body before you have to go back and exit on the subway, right? And of course, as you as you exit, you know, you clean your your sword full of the spectral blood and you've saved a bunch of kids and when they turn off demon mode they don't even know how many demons were already on their tail because you saved them and this is a kind of active thing you can do while pretending to be asleep on the subway and 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 will they thank me and what if they don't thank me if if they're spiritual they will see what you've done Absolutely. You'll walk around. Okay. Here's if I'm, if I'm a child and if I'm on demon mode and you just saved me, my eyes will naturally go towards you and I will see the aura, the glimmering aura that is that surrounds you, which is the demon blood that you just killed in front of them. They will see that they will, but not for long. And they might say something really sussy to you. They might say something, you know, like, Hey, no cap, this guy's busting for real. He's got they, that yacht. Say that they say that all the time. Yeah, you must be saving them in ways really that you don't well. even know. Being a medium, I, th I think that's something that comes naturally to you, Cornelius. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I am. I just, I, uh, I, just, I have this thing about credit. I just really need, I need constant credit for the things that i do so i don't i you know i i i wonder if i'm up to this task um because they are just there's so many fucking children and they're all zipping and zooming and they're and they're everything's busting mm -hmm. you know they're drinking a they're drinking a logan paul drink and it's busting and they're they're putting their hats on the wrong way and it's busting. And I just, it's so nonsense. It's so nonsense. And, and I, and maybe because I'm so aggravated by it, I've just been closing my eyes to escape the inanity of it. And I've been slaying the demons in the immediate vicinity. Yes. I'm just like blacking out and not even realizing it. And then they look at me and they go, that guy's bussing for real. And I go, what does that mean? And they get off at the stop and no one ever says anything back to me. So I've been so frustrated. And I, I don't know, maybe they're saying thank you. Mm -hmm. They're saying thank you in their own way. You know, yeah. and I think that's something that we can take home for all of us is that people say thank you in different ways. 
Some people smile when you open up the door for them. They give you a nice little wink, yeah. you know, touch your elbow. And some people tell you you're bussing for real. And all of that is a thank you. That's incredible. It is. It's absolutely incredible. And it goes beyond, you know, just our, our human relatives as well. The, the, the raccoons are saying thank you. Mm. Yes. As well, you know, maybe they drop like a, a little bit of like apple garbage after the show or something. They shit themselves. That's positive. They, yeah. Uh, the, you know, the famously, you know, if a bird takes a shit on your head, that, that's a that's a big thank you from the bird. Um, the trees, you know, they'll they'll do it in their way. We could go on and on. But the point is that, you know, mm -hmm. it's just being in tune and just being open to to see that way of of thanks in a way that you wouldn't wouldn't necessarily expect it. You know, I want to thank you, Cornelius. Huh. I, you know, thank you. Thank you for for being a thespian. Thank you for taking the the road to Shakespeare that not many people these days, actors these days are afraid of Shakespeare, right? Because it is a large person to to try to like understand. His influence is incredible. And I feel that your influence in New York is going to be as big or bigger. With the amount of demons you're killing right now, I mean, we can see that in the Guinness, revised Guinness. Okay. Please, please make it a smaller book is my run request. The book is too big. We're, we're getting Sorry. on it. Absolutely. Yeah. It'll be a pamphlet by the end, by the, by the thank time you. we're done with it. It's going to have one I, name in it. Cornelius McMoyler. That's well, it. Well, that's too much, but thank you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one request. That's all. Um, I, I <laughs> guys, it's, it's, I came on and I felt like such a, a big strong bear you know i came on and i was like you know boo and i'm leaning in and i felt like fucking tony robbins you know and i i honestly feel as this is coming to a close i feel like i'm the one who became like you know a little infant and got like helped and was given some wisdom and was told, you know, what to lean into because I've, I've never, I've never been able to see my interactions the way that you guys have put it into perspective. And I needed someone to thank me. And I feel like they maybe have been. So they have, uh, they have. I, I, I feel very humbled and grateful. Um, and I feel like uh, just like a squirrel and like you guys are the bears. And wow. Uh, I feel like a raccoon and you're like Shakespeare. That's kind of how I feel. But I, I, I think, yeah, the bear analogy works pretty well for us, too. Um, Rob, so, what do you feel like? Yeah, Rob, what do you feel like? Sorry? You know, I, I feel like you're I feel like your friend that was playing Hamlet. And then you guys are Samuel L that are just jumping in and giving me those words to say. I do feel a lot like Samuel L in Hollywood in a nice, nice loft with some Gucci glasses on. That's, that is how I feel for sure. Yeah. Well, okay, everybody, listen, there's some homework you guys got to do. First of all, Google Shakespeare. 
Okay, Google Shakespeare. And I know a lot of you listeners don't know who Shakespeare is. You guys have been really curious this whole time. Who is this guy? Google Shakespeare, and then you'll this whole conversation will just completely fall into place. Second, go to New York, feed the raccoons. They're fans of Cornelius. We want to keep keep them fed, keep them on his side. Uh, number three, you know, go to sleep on the subway. Do your part in the spiritual warfare of the world. Go to sleep on the subway. And you don't, you don't even know the kind of good you're doing when you do that kind of stuff. And here's the thing. If you're afraid about missing your stop, here's the beautiful thing about subways. You always wake up at yeah, your stop. You know. And that's that's your guardian angel maybe helping you out a little bit. Maybe. It is, it is, it is uncanny how many times I have had my backpack in my lap and my head fully flat asleep on the subway and god help me every time it's my stop i've miraculously lifted my head up and said what stop is this and then ran out at the last second mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's paranormal that's a paranormal sixth sense so for everybody hone that craft and stay in the scene keep your eyes on the screen stay extreme uh, we love you all that's right. Go on demon time and demon mode only with uh, the right chaperones. Goblin mode, you can go on anytime. Thank you, Cornelius, for coming on the show. We appreciate you as a medium, as a thespian, as a friend. Thank you so much, Gio. Thank you, Rob. Um, boo. Boo to you, too. And a boo to everybody else out there. Take care. We love you. Goodbye.